Hey everybody, welcome to the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Canyon Bakehouse. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about the delicious, certified, gluten-free breads, bagels, English muffins, and other baked goods that are made right here in Johnstown, Colorado. Canyon Bakehouse's gluten, dairy, nut, and soy-free products make it easy for families to enjoy the taste and texture of fresh bread so everyone can love bread again. Find them at any major grocery store in the freezer or fresh bread aisle, or purchase online and visit canyonglutenfree.com to grab a coupon. On the high screen, Dorian kicked to the corner, Feirano for three, it's good with the foul! And back to throw is the quarterback, and Hayward is sacked by Joey Porter. Page takes it in, scores, Stevens lets it go, and there's your touchdown. Michael Gallup. Got it down low. Hornung. Dunk! And here come the students. Leading by 10. Here's Van Pelt. He's at the 5. Touchdown, Colorado State. What's up? We're back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Canyon Bakehouse. As always, I am your host, Justin Michael. We've got a fun show planned for today. All kinds of stuff to talk about. Uh, the XFL draft, um, you know, some of the other programs on campus. We're going to talk about preseason basketball. And then uh, we're going to wrap things up with just a few thoughts on CSU New Mexico. I went back and rewatched that game. We still have some time with the Rams being on a bye week so we'll have plenty of time to focus on that Fresno State game but just kind of wanted to go back and really nail down the things that we kind of learned in that New Mexico win which was obviously great I know the Lobos not the not the best program in the team in the world to uh that'd be putting things lightly but a win is a win is a win so yeah let's kick things off here with the XFL uh we got couple of former CSU linemen that ended up with XFL teams. Trey Moxley, former CSU tackle. He is with the DC Defenders. Zach Goldich, the local kid, multi-year starter at CSU. Spent some time in the NFL with the Cardinals, the Chargers, the Chiefs. Bounced around a little bit, but he's now in Tampa Bay with the Vipers. Nick Callender, former CSU offensive tackle. Uh, spent time with Seattle and Indianapolis in the NFL. He's now a member of the Houston Roughnecks. So congratulations to all three of those dudes. KJ Carter Samuels and TJ Roundtree were both in the draft pool. Neither of them ended up getting drafted. Um, doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to not be on a team. You know, they could always sign, but they didn't. They didn't end up anywhere today. I hope. I hope for the sake of these. 
you know, former CSU guys, not just them, but everyone in the league that this can work out. I am intrigued by the possibility of another professional football league. I don't think anyone's really been able to do it quite, quite right yet, I guess would be the right way to put it. I was, I was definitely interested in the Alliance at first, but the product was just kind of stale. It wasn't super entertaining. There were a few things that they did that I really liked. I liked how they did the uh, cameras with the replay. You really got to see what the officials saw on the field. That was kind of neat. They gave you great access from a media standpoint, so that was kind of cool. Um, but the the NFL just has such a stranglehold on the product. I mean, we talk about the NFL year-round, whether it's training camp or the draft or free agency or this and that. They really just dominate everything, and I don't. I'm not sure any league is ever going to be able to actually compete with that and be able to put out a product that people are interested in and that ultimately becomes financially viable. I think maybe if it was like some type of feeder league or, you know, a minor league system that could potentially work, but obviously the NFL wasn't interested in doing that with the Alliance. That's ultimately kind of what led to the, the demise of it, I think is the NFL shut down that relationship and made it pretty clear that if you played you know, in the Alliance, you weren't going to be eligible to play in the NFL this season. And that kind of defeats the whole purpose when all these players want to play in these leagues to someday get to the NFL. So we'll see. I mean, the XFL obviously has great ownership and Vince McMahon. I mean, say what you want about the WWE, but it's the only thing that regularly competes with the NFL in terms of live TV ratings, like on a yearly basis. They're obviously very financially successful a global product something that people tune into multiple times a week so maybe he has the vision and just the resources the connections to make this work but definitely rooting for moxley goldich and calendar anyone else that uh, ends up being in the xfl yeah Uh, also shout out to jalen robinette by the way he's not going by that anymore i think it's like jalen powell now or rowell or, or something like that but he is playing for Seattle's team, um, one of the guys that really just kind of got screwed by some policy changes and weird times, like he had a chance to go to the NFL and then they reversed it and said you had to serve for a couple of years, so weird, weird path to professional football for him, but cool to see that his dream is still alive and he hasn't given up on it, at least at this point in time. All right, moving on, the Mountain West yesterday actually announced the predicted order of finish as well as preseason all-conference team, preseason accolades, all that fun stuff. CSU tabbed to finish eighth, so not really a lot of love for the Rams in the preseason polls, kind of something I'm writing about right now, really breaking down the whole league. I actually wanted to get that out today, but had to had to do a few things. I had an interview with Bill Hempen today, which I'll talk about briefly after this after we talk about basketball but Rams predicted to finish eighth Utah State unsurprisingly projected to win the league the Aggies definitely have the deepest team on paper probably one of the most dangerous basketball teams just really of all mid-major programs in the country with Sam Merrill and Niamis Keita both coming back they got a really nice supporting cast as well people that play their roles and really just buy into the system so the Craig Smith got a good team coming back 
They're unsurprisingly picked to finish first. Uh, 187 first place votes for them, or points. I The way they do it is so weird, but Utah State picked first. San Diego State picked second. New Mexico third. Nevada fourth. Boise State fifth. Fresno State sixth. UNLV seventh. Air Force eight. CSU nine. Wyoming ten. San Jose State 11. Excuse me, CSU, CSU picked ninth. I said eighth uh, a second ago. They're picked. They're Projected to finish ninth, just ahead of Wyoming and San Jose State. Both of those programs really going to struggle this year, I think. Not not a lot of high hopes for our friends up in Laramie. Friends, if you can call them that, I know. Uh, that might be uh, the wrong term to use. I'm not surprised that CSU was picked ninth. One, they lost a lot of people, and you have a lot of newcomers. I don't really think the media as a whole spent a ton of time really just kind of digging into this Rams roster. I mean, I don't think, you know, people were looking at David Roddy and some of these guys that could come in and make an immediate impact given how CSU's played the last two seasons. I mean, I don't really think you can complain about them finishing ninth, but this is something that the Rams can certainly use, I guess, as bulletin board material or whatever just use it as motivation I mean Nico Medved has kind of done this everywhere he's gone take over Furman they have no history of winning ever ultimately flip that team into a 20 game winner head to Drake they finish last he makes takes that team they end up winning the league so he's got the history the know-it-all to turn a program around we will see what the Rams can do in year two. I'm really excited for this program. I've talked about it a lot. Uh, Nico Carvacho, he returns for his senior season. He was the only Ram to be named to the preseason all-conference team. Him along with Sam Merrill, Niamis Keita of Utah State, junior guard Derek Alston, Boise State. He's a great wing, got great length, good two-way player. He's a lot of fun. Really enjoyed watching him the Mountain West Tournament. And then rounding out the preseason all-conference team was senior forward Lavelle Scotty of Air Force. He's been a multi-year starter. I'm not surprised that he's getting some love. He'll definitely be the biggest part of that Air Force team. I imagine he's going to put up some numbers. We'll definitely play heavy minutes, assuming that he can stay healthy. And yeah, so kind of interesting that Air Force got some love. They're picked number eight, one spot ahead of CSU. Uh, the league is really going to be wide open this year. I think there's going to be a lot of good teams. San Diego State returns a lot of good players. They also have a couple of Power 5 transfers that will become eligible this season. Aztecs really have a chance to be a good team under Brian Dutcher. Kind of the the first chance he has to lead a team that is truly his. I read a good article by Mark Ziegler, a longtime Aztecs beat writer, that just kind of talked about how there's only one player on the roster that even played for Steve Fisher at that point. That honestly feels so crazy to me that Steve Fisher is this far removed from San Diego State. I mean, I know Dutch was his longtime assistant, but he only has one assistant now on the staff that worked for Fisher, so it's really just him. And at this point, it's kind of his program. So obviously people think that the Aztecs are going to turn it on here in year three under Brian Dutcher. Each of the last two seasons, they've started slow and then kind of picked up in the Mountain West tournaments. They made it to the Mountain West title game uh, two years in a row. So they lost last year. They won the year before. 
we'll see. Behind them, New Mexico, kind of the same deal. Everybody thinking Ware has an opportunity to take his team to the next level. He's had a chance to overhaul that roster and get his guys in. Now it'll be interesting to see if they can put it all together. Nevada at four, uh, they obviously lost pretty much everyone that has been the the face of the program for the last three years now, including the head coach. So interesting. We'll see. They got a ton of talent still, so I wouldn't I wouldn't count out the Wolfpack at this point. I'd, I'd just say it wouldn't surprise me if they ended up finishing higher than fourth even after everything that's happened and even after all the turnover. Uh, Boise State at five, they're kind of a sleeper. Fresno State at six, same as well. Both of those teams are talented enough to win the league. They could also definitely finish, you know, right around the middle. So we'll kind of see UNLV every year, same deal. It's like, are they ever going to put it together? They're one of the teams that on paper, they always recruit well and their recruiting rankings are always near the top of the league, but they just can't seem to put it together, I think. They're a program that if they could finally turn things around, it would be a lot of fun for the Mountain West. Just obviously they have such a proud history, you know, going back to the 80s and 90s pre-Mountain West. I know it doesn't really count for the league, uh, but UNLV does have that proud hoops history. And I just think it would be good for the league to get it back. It's It's a fun place to go, catch a hoops game, cool venue. I mean, it's not, it's not the prettiest venue in the world or anything like that, but when Thomas and Mac is full, it definitely gets rocking. Air Force pick number eight. We'll see. They definitely outplayed expectations last year. I think Dave Polopovich is consistently one of the more underrated coaches in the country. Just has a lot of hurdles and does a good job of fielding competitive teams year after year. So we'll see. I mean, obviously Lavelle Scotty, preseason all-Mountain West player. That helps having the experience, having the veteran like that back to lead, I'm sure. Polopovich is excited about that. We're definitely going to talk basketball uh, in more detail in the coming weeks. We'll have more practice coverage and stuff like that. They had a little bit of a break over here over the last couple of days. Made sense with Media Day. Um, they got Friday through the weekend off, so I think I think that's good just to give the guys some some time off with the rule changes now. And how early practice starts. I just don't think you want to burn anybody out before the year even starts. I ran into Joe Desmond today at the offices when I was doing my interview with Bill Hempen. And he just kind of mentioned it. It felt weird that they'd already been practicing for so long and they were still so long until games. So I think they're really just itching at the bone to to get to that DU game. And I know they have the exhibition before that, but to get to the real important basketball and I, for one, cannot wait. So we'll definitely talk about that more. But as I said today, had a chance to interview Bill Hempen. I really appreciate him taking the time to sit down with me. I sat down with him for about 30 minutes and really just asked him a lot of questions about building the program, what it's like here, you know, how it compares to his time at CU and Duke and what's been different, what's been hard. It was just really cool to to get his perspective on everything they're doing it's been neat to see where the program was at like in 2013 when he took over versus where it is now I think he he admitted that maybe jumping into things right away was maybe not the best strategy for CSU they had to really overcome some 
recruiting hurdles in those early years. I mean, it makes sense. Everybody else was recruiting from two to three years out. He was trying to field a roster for the present, and that was something that he kind of had to deal with for those first couple of seasons, but now he's really had a chance to just kind of solidify their roots, and obviously the success is coming. Three years in a row, they've broken their previous record for wins in a single season. They've already pretty much shattered it this year, beat it by multiple games. They still have five games left on the schedule. They're fully in the hunt for a Mountain West championship. Uh, currently trail Boise State, who comes to town on Sunday. So, you know, if you're not doing anything on Sunday, no Broncos game, no CSU football this weekend, you want to support your Rams, head out to uh, CSU soccer field. We've got a pair of home games. They host Utah State on Friday, host Boise State on Sunday. So just an opportunity to support a great team, a team that really is a lot of fun to watch. They're having a lot of success this year. So I'm going to be spending some more time with the soccer team Uh, just kind of in the coming days, and we'll get some cool content out of it. I really look forward to bring it to you. Uh, We had uh, some requests from subscribers to try and branch out and get some coverage aside from football and basketball, so I'm doing my best to do that, and it's been a lot of fun. I really just enjoyed spending time with him. One of the things that I found interesting uh, was that he said they kind of looked to CSU Volleyball as a program to try and mimic, especially when it comes to just keeping their eyes on the prize and staying focused. He said he really he really uh, respected Hilbert and his squad for their ability to really just focus on every opponent and not overlook anybody. They, they view every opponent the same, like beating them is overcoming an obstacle that helps them ultimately achieve their goal, and that's what good teams do. That's what responsible teams do. We'll see if CSU soccer can kind of put it all together here at the end they're already on the three game winning streak so I guess put it all together is not necessarily the right way to say it but if they can just continue the success and ultimately win a conference title I mean that'd be really cool it's already a successful season regardless of what happens but just really appreciate Hempen taking the time to do that so I look forward to getting that podcast out or excuse me getting that article out to you guys uh, in the in the coming week or so so got a few more interviews to do got a few more I just got to spend some more time at practice and stuff like that but I think it's going to be really cool and I think you guys are going to look forward to it uh, we're going to talk about CSU New Mexico when we come back but it's time to take a second to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery the official beer of DNVR Breck recently collaborated with Colorado's own Talbot Cider Company to create an apple blonde ale that tastes like late summer in a glass. Brewed with 49% unprocessed apple cider from the fabled Palisade Grand Valley produce region, Colorado Core has the crisp tart taste of apples with a clean bone dry finish. Crafted to reduce gluten free so you won't feel guilty for reaching for a round or two, this crowd pleaser will be popular at your barbecue, family functions, whatever you're doing. Check it out at your local liquor store or visit Breckenridge Brewery and taste their delicious new creation, Colorado Core. All right, we're going to talk just a little bit more about the New Mexico game and just kind of what we learned. I went and I rewatched it and I just had a few takeaways that I kind of wanted to get to. Uh, First and foremost, the second half part of the first quarter and the majority of the second quarter were extremely brutal to watch it was just really sloppy football 
on both sides and it was really just it felt like you were watching two bottom 25 programs it was really not enjoyable I didn't enjoy watching it live I enjoyed it even less watching it a second time really just frustrating at times I mean kudos to CSU's defense for taking advantage of New Mexico's inability to throw the football I mean it it was truly astonishing how bad New Mexico's passing offense is it's inept they don't they can't pass the football at all uh but my biggest question or I guess I I guess yeah I'm, I'm posing this question to you guys is did we write off this defense a little prematurely you know or is it just a product of facing a bad offense the defense has looked pretty good in really three straight weeks I'd say uh they've had a chance to win multiple games I know Against Utah State, they certainly benefited from the pouring rain. I know that was a factor, and and it should be acknowledged. And, you know, Jordan Love also kind of looks human. He's not the super quarterback that some folks kind of made him out to be in the preseason, but I will say the defense has looked competent, at least. I mean, they're playing faster. We're seeing them attack the football. As a result, you've seen a few more turnovers in the last couple of weeks. Uh, that's been good. The pass rush has been better. Uh, Philip Jan Bomback really coming into his own as a defensive end. He's really, really for like the, the last five weeks has been the most impressive person on that defensive line. Consistently gets pressure on the quarterback and the times that he's able to get him, he does a good job of not missing a tackle, wrapping him up and bringing him down without getting a penalty. We all know how hard that is in 2019. You can't touch a quarterback without drawing a flag but he's just he's doing a great job of getting it we need him to just kind of be that dude for the rest of the season (laughs) apparently uh, there's an opportunity potentially at least for him to make an impact on special teams as well we all know the the kicking woes that CSU has had all season well bomb back and multiple times in practice this week has hit 40 plus yard field goals uh, as Eddie Hurst tweeted out today, you know, he was a soccer player in high school. I would love, I'd love to see him attempt one just for the novelty of it. I mean, and shoot, who cares at this point? I can't get a whole lot worse than what they've had. I mean, they've tried like three different dudes. None of them have worked. Maybe Bombeck, the defensive end, will get it done. Just go back to some middle school football. My my younger brother growing up was a defensive tackle in the center he also was his team's place kicker. Uh, and, and in middle school, kicking the football is worth two points. Running it in is worth one point. Well, my brother, the defensive tackle slash center, had a game-winning uh, extra point. I know it's not a field goal, but back then that's basically all they can do for kicking-wise. And it helped them win. So I'm, I'm always in favor of the defensive player getting a chance at kicking. If nothing else, it'll make a great video. And, I mean, there's no expectations. If he misses it, he misses it. It's not like you just, I mean, you just go back to your other kicker at that point. If he ends up making it, maybe you have a fun story. <laughs> Who knows? But I doubt it'll actually ever happen in a game. I just don't think that the coaches will do it. I think you're too worried about getting criticized at that point for trying something crazy. And it should be noted, like, it's one thing to make it in practice, it's a whole another animal to do it when the pressure's on. People are 
running at you trying to block it, the lights, you got screaming fans, you know you're on TV. It's just a completely different animal, so we'll see. Uh, but I am intrigued by this defense, and ironically, it's it, it's really it started to come together after I published that fire John Jancic article. Uh, that's always how it goes. You fire, you publish up the article, have all these numbers, and then suddenly they turn around and make you look like a dummy. So we'll see. I think plenty of CSU fans are still pretty frustrated with Jancic as a whole, uh, but he has done a good job in turning this defense around over the last month. Hopefully they can keep it up because they're really going to need the defense to play well in these last five games if CSU is going to have any chance of being competitive technically making a bowl game is still a possibility uh, nobody expects that and it would certainly be a miracle uh, but you know numerically it is still a possibility at this point uh, the other thing I think that is definitely confirmed in this New Mexico game is just that Patrick O'Brien needs to be the starting quarterback for the rest of the season. He looked comfortable in this game. He looked confident for the first time. He really stepped up time after time and just kind of made the throws that we all knew he was capable of making. Uh, He had some accuracy issues in his first couple of starts. Part of that was nerves. Part of that was the offensive line. Part of that was the weather against Utah State. So, you know, he didn't have his number one receiver, but now that he has Warren Jackson, I think we're going to see him just kind of come into his own and at least be a capable starter. I mean, I definitely don't think it'll be what we saw with Colin Hill running this offense, and Colin was a stud, and part of that was just, one, Colin was good, but he he was just so comfortable in the system three years in. Uh, that's just such an advantage. Patrick, he's starting to figure it out. Uh, we'll see what he's able to do. I think he is good enough to at least lead this team to a victory or two, keep them competitive in the games. That's kind of all you can ask for at this point in the backup quarterback. I mean, it wouldn't be fair to expect him to be the savior of this the team or anything like that, but I do think he should at least be as good, if not better, than he was in that New Mexico game. So can he do it for the rest of the season? We'll see. The Rams definitely need him to, but uh, yeah, we'll talk about that more in the coming days, I am looking forward to the bye week, watching a little bit of college football on my couch. What kind of games are you guys listening to? Uh, listening to you sitting on your couch, listening on the radio like pilgrims. No, you're watching them. What games are you watching this weekend? Tweet at me. Let me know. If you have any questions that you want answered on a podcast, tweet them at us at DNVR underscore Rams. I appreciate everyone for listening on this late night pod. And yeah, hope everyone has a great Thursday, great Friday, and ultimately a great weekend. Machetes at a deli in New Delhi Feeling scummy like Martin Scarelli Turn jam into jelly then drink it like juice But water's the truth so I sip on that too Skinny looking kid with no car keys Like the only thing I drive is RCRV's got the stash like Steve Harvey Oh I'm gnarly like